you look so beautiful. No, oh, thank you. Oh, God. Y'all are a bunch of dirty liars, but thank you. I don't know what's happening here. Ooh. Professional podcast. We're not doing OnlyFans shit, alright? Hi. Hello. Hello. Good so, morning. Good morning. Are you going to? Oh my God, Lucy! I responded to you. So, Savannah, is it? Yes. Hi, Savannah. Welcome to the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to have you. So, I found you on Facebook because on Facebook you are Bionic, aka Hen Honama. I can't say. What is it? <laughs> so it's Biconic. Um, that is my drag queen name, and my drag king name is Panorama. Love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How would you like us to address you, and may we have your pronouns? Um. Yes. Yeah, sure. Uh, my pronouns out of drag are she/her. And um, especially in light of our current topic, I would say that you can address me by my government name, which is Savannah. Okay. Awesome. Now that you've given us your pronouns, we get to keep them forever. No. What is your your social security number and your mother's main name? No. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, You can have all 300 of my credit score. That means I'll have 301 at the credit score. Yay. <laughs> I'll just, you know, be like, oh, I have a, 300, a 301 credit score now as Savannah. Yay. Well, I actually just got off work. So I unfortunately missed the beginning of our conversation. Where are we now in the... Oh, we uh, just wait for you. We're waiting. We wait oh, for goodness. you. So we just, yeah, we just, just shit talking. Oh, yeah, okay. we've been like just shooting fire at the Supreme Court because like, let's face it, they're pieces of shit, hot garbage wrapped up in like stinky trash. Oh, yeah. fully. Yeah, we're going to abort the courts is what we're going to do. Um, Yeah, that's, uh, I'd say that's overdue. Um, yes. As someone with, unfortunately, with a uterus, I am horrified, terrified, heartbroken it's just there there aren't enough um descriptors there really yeah. aren't and these people who have been like i never would have saw this coming to me i feel yeah. like like if you feel that this wasn't coming when they've literally been talking about doing this for like decades truly what the fuck is what the fuck is wrong with these people like we knew what they've been after this is and this is obviously just the first domino that they plan on toppling so they can institute they can essentially put their religious belief on everybody out here but it's like how do you not see this coming and we know how they did not see this coming a vast majority of them are just people who aren't affected because of their privilege and they're like i'm not the political type because politics don't affect me like yes the fuck it does and now you're really gonna see it and that's truly the heartbreaking thing about this is that anyone that thinks this doesn't this decision particularly doesn't affect them is grossly misinformed because it affects everyone um there are many people in our population that have a uterus um i think it's you know it's important that um as we have these discussions um we don't just use the term women but you know our non-binary uh brothers and sisters and um our gender neutral uh friends and those in the trans community there are many people who have the joy or burden however you might see it of owning a uterus and even beyond that we all know somebody who does and we are related to those people they are friends relatives parents what have you and it's just it's heartbreaking because like you said this is just the first domino and it's um personally as somebody who has never wanted children um and has grown up in in society that has always pushed that onto us you know um that that is expected of us for whatever reason 
that I mean, it's just it feels like it's a breeding kink at this point because you're not pro-life. You're just pro-birth. So yeah, that's exactly it. Because if they were pro-life, they would be like, you know, it'd be a great idea. Maybe we should make it to where children can make it through middle school, elementary school, middle school, and high school without being shot. Maybe we should make it to where children can have food and affordable housing and affordable health care. But they don't. The moment that the that like fetus turns into a child by popping out of a womb, they're just like, all right, buddy, good fucking luck out there. Don't ask for anything because these are my tax dollars. Yeah, Savannah, before I got here, I, I was talking about a news story before abortion became illegal, because up until recently, abortion was illegal in Ireland, of a young woman who had cancer and who was pregnant. And the doctors would not uh, continue with her, um, her, her, um, her chemotherapy right. because they were worried about the threat to the fetus and she died. Correct. So, and that is not a one-off story. Others, there's been other stories like that so if anybody's trying to give this narrative that they are pro-life this has nothing to do with protecting life that's absolutely nothing to do with protecting life that is just a narrative they're not like you said they're not pro-life they're pro-birth i mean and that is exactly mm -hmm. correct i was just gonna say that you know this if they're really pro-life they would be more concerned about the lives of mothers i mean yeah. if we really want to get into this like you said it the, your story um that you read this isn't a one-off this isn't um rare occurrences these aren't you know extenuating circumstances even as someone who works in healthcare, i can tell you firsthand that in the last decade the amount of patients that come into a hospital with comorbidities is rising and if you look at that from the perspective of now these people are forced to give birth and you're going to tell me that none of their lives are at risk exactly. i am one of those people i um was young and naive once and i thought that um public service was the highest calling one could have and i was raised in a at the time overly patriotic household so i thought that joining the military was the answer and as a result i ended up with a um, degenerative spinal injury and if i were to carry a child to term now i would be lucky if i left the situation paralyzed yeah, exactly. We are we are not the minority in this. There is a large group of individuals with uteruses that for a variety of reasons, their health, their life, their everything would be at risk if they, not if, they are now forced to carry. These people don't want to have conversations about abstinence. That's just not realistic. Because first of all, birth control is not 100% effective. So then you say, okay, well then if you have a uterus, don't have sex with someone who has um, the genitalia required to create life. Unfortunately, um, trigger warning, uh, sexual assault happens. Yeah. I know because I'm a survivor survivor of um, multiple individuals who um, hurt me when I was in the service. Oh, yeah, I the military is was, a very big thing with that. It's a huge thing. Most of the people that I know that own uteruses um, that I served with at that given time, the majority of us have those stories. Yes, I Just was in the service as well, and it was very prevalent. It was very prevalent. They do not protect service members. And I am fortunate that I did not walk out of that situation with the child. Yeah, you see, stories like that, I don't think they, they matter to a large contingency of the pro-life movements because really it's a movement of religious extremism. They want to shift the paradigm of sexual relationships to one where a woman is subservient to her husband. And that's it. That is the only acceptable paradigm in which sexual relations are allowed amongst these, these people's mindsets. But even by their skewed logic, vasectomies are still legal. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm trying to wrap my head around, they think that human beings are just good for breeding. And that's what all of us should be doing. We should all be paired up with someone of their definition of the opposite sex and create life 
I'm assuming until we die or until our bodies are no longer biologically capable of doing so, which, you know, those that um, have testes can do so for a much longer period of time in their lives than those with the uterus, which just multiplies the amount of people that can, you know, give birth. And if we're going to outlaw abortion, I mean, are, is by their logic, are vasectomies next? Because, I mean, <laughs> life begins at ejaculation. So mm-hmm. what are we doing here? Like, what, yeah. is, what is their end goal? And then if they're going to keep that, then you're saying, okay, it's not really about forcing people to give birth. It's about controlling um, bodies with uteruses. Yeah, it's literally what it is. Like, if it was really about preventing abortions, then they would go to this to the root and they would be like, all right, at a certain age, everybody with penis is going to receive a, a vasectomy and then the government's going to pay for undoing it when you decide to finally have children. Right, which of course we don't support it. that either. Like that's you know, like I know it's archaic, but if that's really what they were after, that's what right. it would be. If it was really about saving fetuses, then it would be about stuff like that. They don't really give a shit. They're just using that as a cover. What they really want is to prevent people who have uterus a uterus to be able to control their rights. That's why they're going after the next stuff that they're going after. They're going next with what's his face saying like, oh, we're gonna attack. We need to relook at these cases that are about yes. sod- anti-sodomy laws we need to look at uh interracial marriage which is ironic because he's married to a white woman and it's like we need to look at these things about gay marriage like the guys that like let's just call it for what it is they're pieces of shit who are trying to basically institute their theocracy their theocratic beliefs which is the bible and the stuff that goes with it they're just assholes and pieces of shit Like, oh, it makes me mad. March 1970, two attorneys file a lawsuit in U.S. federal court on behalf of Norma McCorby, a Texas resident who wanted to terminate her pregnancy. The filing, Jane Roe versus Wade, argued that Texas's abortion statutes were unconstitutional and violated McCorby's privacy under five constitutional amendments. In January 1973, a 7-2 Supreme Court decision in favor of Jane Roe rules that the Constitution protects the right to an abortion. The all-male justices found abortion was a fundamental right for a woman's life and future. September 1976, the Hyde Amendment, a restrictive measure prohibiting government funds to be spent on abortions, except in the case of rape, incest, or a threat to the life of the woman, is passed. 1988 and 1989, lawmakers in Pennsylvania amend the state's Abortion Control Act, adding five provisions, including informed consent before an abortion, a 24-hour waiting period, consent of one parent for a minor to have the procedure, and a husband notification requirement for married women. June 1992, Planned Parenthood of Southeastern Pennsylvania versus Casey, the Supreme Court's 5-4 to four decision upholds the provisions the court did invalidate that husband notification requirement. November 2003, President George W. Bush signs into law the Partial Birth Abortion Ban Act, prohibiting doctors from performing late-term abortions. In April 2007, the Supreme Court upholds the federal ban on late-term abortions, ruling 5-4 to four in the Gonzalez versus Carhartt case, finding that it was not unconstitutionally vague and did not impose an undue burden on the right to an abortion. July 2013, Texas lawmakers enact House Bill 2 with provisions requiring doctors performing abortions to have hospital admitting privileges no more than 30 miles from the abortion facility. Abortion providers in Texas challenge the requirements, arguing that they violate the 14th Amendment under Casey. This challenge ultimately ends up before the Supreme Court. June 2016, the Texas Admitting Privileges and Surgical Center Requirements Law is struck down by the Supreme Court May 2021 the high court agreed to hear Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization case, the Mississippi law that bars abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Later, Mississippi state officials would ask the Supreme Court to overturn Roe and Casey. 
September 2021, Texas enacts Senate Bill 8, or the Heartbeat Act, the first time a state successfully imposed a six-week abortion ban since Roe v. Wade. The act also gave members of the public versus state officials the right to sue anyone who performs or helps facilitate an illegal abortion. The Department of Justice challenges SB 8, and in December, the Supreme Court ruled to keep Texas's ban on most abortions in place, limiting who can sue state officials. I, I just, I don't understand to what end. It's, I mean, it's a horrifying reality that anyone you know right now that has a uterus at any point in time may be put into a life-threatening situation that they can't get out of. Yeah, the, the end goal is theocracy. They want everybody to follow their very specific brand of evangelical Christianity. Yeah. Is, it doesn't make any it doesn't make sense any other way you look at it like we can sit here and try to look at it through a lens of attempt at understanding but there's nothing really to understand outside of that and, like, and we're far beyond that point we're far beyond that point of understanding and trying to have cordial discussion about this because that's what we've been doing for generations even while roe v wade was in place even yeah. while we the threat was there. We, you know, carefully correlated our research and we took our time and we laid out our points and we made sure to be as eloquent as possible and fact check everything so that they couldn't poke holes. And it didn't matter. Clearly, none of it mattered. The, the point of conversation is over. We have to act now. There is nothing left to do but to act because lives are at stake. Yeah. Never let never let the states' rights argument slide. The states' rights argument is always just a scapegoat for them perpetuating their horrible ideas. Yeah, I feel that it's just obfuscating the the reality. Of it is. Yeah, because yeah. that's what they said. Oh, well, the Civil War wasn't about slavery. It was about states' rights. Yes, the states' right to own slaves. Like like the state wanted you to be able to own slaves, and you know. The moral majority was like, hey, that's kind of silly. Well, let's not do that. And it's a similar thing here where people are going to say, oh, no, Roe v. Wade is, I'm, I'm not against Roe v. Wade. I'm just against the government telling you that Roe v. Wade should be protected. Like, get the fuck out of here. Correct. I mean, I think it's been said before about the nature of a riot. It's for those of us who don't have legal discourse in the sense of, we know that the legal system's not for us. So the voices of the people will be heard through those metrics. Yes, they will. And we have to risk. We have to risk. And we have to be willing to stand up and, and, and stand up for what's right. Uh, you know, I am on uh, the cusp of, of really waking up to my own privilege because I've experienced, I, I was unaware of how privileged I truly was until I went out there and then I began to experience um, the world uh, as who I am. And it's, it's not kind and it's very yeah when you present yourself as a cis man typically and if you're you know not of a minority group like i was a i saw myself as a cis black man um i would still see oppression obviously there were still certain privileges that i would receive just by being male pre uh, presenting so people I feel that for trans, for white trans women, a lot of times when they start to transition into who they truly are, then it opens up their eyes to, oh shit, like all this stuff that I thought didn't affect me really does fucking affect me. And you see it time and time again, because as somebody who's helped a lot of eggs come to realize who they truly are, that's one of the major things is having to talk to these people and be like, yeah, I'm sorry you didn't see it before, but it's probably because you weren't paying attention. Like... Mm. Shit does well, I, get and, well that, that's the sad thing with me is that I was paying attention. It's just that my I tried to come up with solutions that were rooted through my privilege. And so there I was trying to offer solutions to those marginalized groups through my um, lens of privilege. I mean, in any given circumstance, all we can do um, at face value anyways is to look at things through the lens of our own experiences um, because from what we understand, that is our most informed thought process. However, unlearning that and making the effort to have these conversations and talk to people who have different life experiences and then taking it a step further and trying to find um, 
the research, you know, that better explains these individual types of experiences when you're coming to such complex issues like this. I think it's, you know, not only is it important, it's, it's mandatory for being a decent human being in this day and age. And everything about our society as it stands now is so intersectional that there isn't any one issue that just affects one group of people. All of it affects all of us. Me and Lucy went to a Roe v. Wade rally the other day here in California, in San Diego. And it was nice to see all these thousands of people gathered to fight for such an important issue. But at the same time, I was a little bit disconcerted by the overall vibe. It, it kind of had the feeling of, oh, we're, we're in a safe spot. We're in California. We're okay. And everybody kind of like gave off that vibe. But the Republicans don't want to stop here. The conservatives don't want to stop here. The pro-lifers don't want to stop here. They want a nationwide ban on, on abortion. They want to take away people's choice in every single state. Yep. And so we, we can't like be complacent and we can't take our eye off the ball no matter where we are or no matter who we are. When you see these corporations such as Dick's Sporting Goods and now Disney this morning coming out and saying that they'll uh, pay travel uh, fees for those that need to have those, uh, you know, ex- uh, those um, procedures out of state to travel. What do you think about that? Is that just another corporate? Is that just another corporate? Let's be honest. Yeah. It's performative. If they really gave a shit, they would take that money and they would start using the, the authority that they have to and, and the funding that they have to change shit. Like... Let's let's call it for what it is. Oh yeah, if you need an abortion, we'll pay for your you to get a flight somewhere and back. Like okay, like one, how many people are going to be able to take you up on that offer? And two, there are states like Texas that make it illegal still for you to get an abortion out of state and come back in and be okay. Yeah, the the privatization of our rights is not a solution. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean they need to go. They need to take this supposed funding because they know that it's the cheaper solution. It's the, it's the, the thing that's giving them the most bang for their buck. Oh, look, Disney cares about me. But really, if Disney really cared about you, they'd just throw a shit ton of money at making sure that shit like this, A, didn't happen in the first place, or B, gets undone. So it's just... It's we know where Disney's money... But we know where Disney's money went because it went to don't uh, the don't say gay bill. They funded that bill and then they came back and they said, oh no, how could they have done such a thing? We're inclusive. Look, we put a gay kiss in a movie. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. It's- actually cared where are their lobbyists Mm -hmm. we don't know what to do we're helpless like you said even if we leave another state or you know go to another country to do what is necessary to protect our lives um i mean there's legal recourse and my um my mother is a uh, a lawyer and a woman of color here and even she recognizes what is going on with the laws currently and um there are many people in that community um and i'm being very careful with my words here as to protect those individuals but there are many people um in positions of power in texas who have just enough to help but not enough to change the laws themselves Uh that have offered um to assist individuals who may suddenly need to go on a camping trip. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sad that we live in a time where we have to where we have to say coy things such as, well, if you need to go on a camping trip with me after New York for that reason, let me know. It's sad that we have Correct. to speak that way. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's horrifying because at the root of it is that you are protecting um, yourself, the individuals affected, and those willing to do something about it from imprisonment. Now, Savannah, you live in one of the two uh, states that are truly like, 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 like really oppressing right now, which is Texas yes. and Florida. So as like, do you fear for your life to like, even try to leave out of state? Like, is it getting to the point where like, what are you going to do? What are they? What, what is Texas? What are these citizens that are not uh, a part of this Nazi Republican Party uh, going to do. So um, is, you know, it's horrifying. I have had um, the fortunate life experience to um, have lived in multiple states and three different countries. And I believe that it has given me a a unique perspective when it comes to, uh, you know, human policy more than anything. Um, 
and it's just right now the specifically the the older generation is in texas from what i've seen for them at best shaking their heads that this horrible thing is happening and um at worst shrugging their shoulders with indifference because it doesn't affect them and the younger generation in texas is you know we see the writing on the wall we know what it is um where this is going and um those of us that live in larger cities have a certain level of privilege um because it is more of a diverse um demographically space like houston texas austin texas dallas at least in those areas there is an uprising but texas is a massive state and if you go outside of those large cities what you will find is that bible belt fundamentalist um if you speak out against this you are in a much um more tangible way risking your life i agree with her like let's be honest some of these some of these southern states we like to think of it as like uh the enemy and honestly it's just like what she's saying essentially you have these pockets of areas that are very diverse and very left-leaning but they're just trapped under a shit ton of gerrymandering and other illegal practices that prevent well i, I guess it's not illegal anymore as per the same supreme court who yeah. got rid of roe v wade because let's be honest they recognize that like they were losing and now they're like hmm let's just make these rules and change these rules and make loopholes that we can hop through these rules and make sure that it keeps us in power. Yeah, the best way for these people to win is to make the systems that we have at our disposal as undemocratic as possible. Yeah. And I think that what you just laid out um, perfectly encapsulates the um, importance of local elections because that's really where all starts. And so many people think that it's a waste of time and you know, I don't know that much about these candidates, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is just Joe Schmo next door. This doesn't matter. But it starts with these local elections. And then these people continue to move up to higher and higher positions of power. And if you have a say from the jump, instead of waiting until it's presidential candidates, when none of them reflect your values, of course, you're going to wonder how it happened because you didn't speak up. You they have in every election. Those are the only voices they listen to. They do as much as we protest. You can only hope that they listen to, you know, a protest. But really, it's about showing um, those in power how many people, the sheer number of people don't agree with them. At this point, that's really what protests are doing more than anything, because it's not moving their hearts. It's not changing their minds. But when they see the streets are flooded with angry citizens that are saying we will not take this they know that those citizens are voting they know yep. that it's their pockets and we had a protest in houston yesterday about this last night and in a few hours i'm going to be in the pride parade and it's not lost on me that i mean pride was a riot yeah. we have to start somewhere yeah unfortunately the battleground for for pro-choice has been moved to state and local governments and we never want to underestimate the power that those local governments can have. Connecticut, for example, they have a law that requires um, the state of Connecticut to not cooperate with outside, um, outside prosecutors from outside the state when it comes to someone seeking an abortion in the state of Connecticut. So we really, really need to maintain our focus on making sure that the local governance stays the way we need it to stay to maintain people's rights. Well, a lot of people don't understand that, that, you know, city council meetings is open to the public and we are able to vote in those uh, meetings. And I, I, I saw those... protests as I, I like to point out that, you know, when you people like to make this distinction between a peaceful protest and then uh, essentially the Martin Luther King version of doing things and the Malcolm X way of doing things. I'm going to tell you right now, you can be peaceful, but you can't appeal to the humanity of people who don't see you as human. And if you do do things peacefully, they still killed Martin Luther King. Please remember that. And I would say about uh, MLK too. MLK had a quote, I'm paraphrasing. Um, what is it? Riots are the voice of the oppressed. Yeah. So even MLK, who is normally held up as this paradigm of peaceful protest, even he understood that 
like writing becomes inevitable when when rights get taken away. Well, they say, oh, that, that, oh, you're 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 being illusioned by the two capitalist war pigs, and I'm like, right, I get it, but but like one of the war pigs is actively like oppressing, they, while the other is kind of just like chilling and just like doing the bare minimum. Like they're not trying to kill me. Okay? Yeah, exactly. That's that's why I like I don't even give those people the time of day. If they if somebody comes up to me and says, but what about this? I give them whatever the equivalent of a slap to the mouth is, and then block them because I don't give a shit. Like. If I say, holy shit, our rights are being taken away and some asset comes up and is like, but what about Biden and this? What about gas prices and that? I'll be like, what about get off my fucking page? What about a fucking block? Because at that point, they're not there to talk about the fucking uh, situation or the argument. They're there to just fucking disrupt shit. And I don't stand for that. If you want to come and disrupt my shit, you can go somewhere else and disrupt someone else's shit. Fuck off my stuff. I mean, Hi, folks. My name is Sam, and I'm your friendly guide through some pretty big and complicated topics. Today, I'm here to help us explore the topic of abortion. There's a lot to say about abortion, so I'm going to do my best to talk us through some of the most important facts to help make it clear and easy to understand. First off, abortion is a very personal decision, and only the person who's pregnant can know what is best for them. For anyone dealing with an unintended pregnancy, talking with a trusted adult can help to figure it all out. And I'm here to help too. So let's start with some of the basics. When a person gets pregnant, they have three options. They can carry the pregnancy to term and raise the baby. They can carry the pregnancy to term and place the baby for adoption. Or they can end the pregnancy by having an abortion. You see, there are a lot of reasons a person might have for making any one of these decisions. If someone decides to get an abortion, it might be because they don't want to have a baby. Or maybe they can't afford to raise a child. Maybe they're in school, and they're worried they won't graduate if they have a baby. Sometimes people already have children, and they don't want any more. And sometimes there might be something wrong with the fetus. Either it's not developing properly, or it has a serious, incurable disease. Whatever the reason, it's up to the person who's pregnant to decide what's best for them. An abortion is a very safe medical procedure. There are two types, medication and surgical. A surgical abortion is a short 10 to 15 minute procedure that takes place at a clinic or hospital and is performed by a healthcare provider using local anesthesia. The vast majority of surgical abortions are done during the first few months of pregnancy. During this simple procedure, a healthcare provider uses gentle suction to remove the fetus from the uterus through the vagina. Most people say the procedure feels like strong menstrual cramps, and contrary to its name, no surgery is actually involved. A medication abortion is a procedure that uses pills prescribed by a healthcare provider to end a pregnancy. It can be started either in a medical office or at home. This approach is most effective during the first three months of pregnancy. Medication abortion consists of two medications that first stop the pregnancy from growing and then cause cramping and bleeding to empty the uterus through the vagina. Most people say medication abortion feels like a really heavy, crampy period. Okay, so those are the basic facts about the physical side of abortion. Now let's talk about the legal side and what you need to understand. There are many laws pertaining to abortion, and every state's laws are different. In some states, young people need their parents' permission to get an abortion. In most of these states, young people may instead seek a judicial bypass. This is when a young person goes in front of a judge to prove they're mature enough to make a decision about their unwanted pregnancy without permission from a parent. Some states allow young people to decide on their own if an abortion is right for them, with no parental involvement. Research your state's laws to better understand your rights. Abortion can be controversial, and it's something the United States has been debating for a long time. In fact, some people feel so strongly about people not having abortions that there are places called crisis pregnancy centers. There are fake clinics that exist only to try to talk a person out of having an abortion. They look and sound like real abortion clinics, so make sure you ask if they provide the services you need and want before you go to one of these fake clinics by mistake. So, while some people don't believe in abortion, others believe a pregnant person should be able to have an abortion and not be judged by others. After all, every person should be able to decide what's best for themselves, their family, and their future. But people aren't listening. They're still... They're still still standing by and trying to have conversations with, with the other side. Conversations get you nowhere. Actions do everything. Words are meaningless to these people. 
that's what I said at the beginning of this is that we are past the point of pretty conversations and yeah. laying statistics. We're past the point of burying them in logic and research and well-rounded arguments and pleading to the what's exactly. left of their humanity. We are past that because we've been doing that for generations we've over been doing this it one well particular before, yeah. issue, just over this one particular issue, and it's still did nothing. At the end of the day, there were a few good people like RBG that were hang literally hanging on for dear life to try to stop this from happening. And it wasn't enough. The it moment she matter. died, at the moment they were like, oh, here's that final fucking bastion of fucking stopping us from getting our way. It has been, it is, it has fallen because of death and now we can run through railroad our silly bullshit and that's exactly what they did because as you were saying these people sat by and they gave them statistics logics fucking eloquent speeches on why we should have this shit they don't care nor have they ever cared they've always seen this shit as one fucking thing and through that's through the lens of their religious belief and that it is their belief that everybody should have to follow their silly fucking belief system and that's mm -hmm. what they got because and I've heard so many people for years say, oh, well, this is just fear mongering. They're not actually going to overturn that. They wouldn't overturn that. That doesn't make sense. Why would they do that? The Supreme Court doesn't work that way. Blah, blah, blah. Bullshit, mm -hmm. bullshit, more bullshit. And now look at where we're at. Oh, shit. The thing you said that could never happen, regardless of what they were saying, because the writing has been on the wall and we've been screaming. And then yep. you have the audacity to sit in a place of privilege and tell us, oh, well, that'll never happen. Don't worry about it. Look where we are now. We are past the point of these conversations. And anyone that says that that kind of language is too extreme needs to stop worshiping their little founding father daddies talking yes. about how brave and wonderful they were to go against their government and stand firm in what they believed in and rioted in the streets and got out there and created tyranny and made their own government and said we're not going to stand for this anymore you want to talk about how those guys are heroes and you have statues of them all over this nation and yet when there are other people saying once again our rights are being trampled and we are going to the streets and you want to call us thugs for the same thing mm -hmm. I'm just saying I think it's funny that these same people that wanted to get mad at marginalized groups for standing up for themselves and getting in the streets and rioting and talking about overthrowing the system. These are mm -hmm. the same backwards people that will worship these founding fathers and tell you how wonderful and revolutionary they were and good for them. Yeah, I agree with you, Savannah. I think we're on the same page on this. Like they, they idolize these folks while demonizing those of us who recognize that our shit's getting taken away and that we should act and they're like whoa, whoa, whoa you're a thug but my founding father's here those people are fucking comic book superheroes sent by fucking baby jesus to make sure that my rights are guaranteed <laughs> i i've definitely grown more jaded at the idea of communicating with people on the far right because i used to have the mentality that you know if you bring the right facts and ideas to the table that any sensible person would be persuaded over to your side but you know i would i would debate progressive ideas with anybody who would listen to me i would come talking about immigrants being like oh actually immigration is good for the economy and it's good for everybody involved because there's countries that don't have the immigration and their economies are stagnant actually immigration is good it doesn't matter these people just hate immigrants Oh, actually, banning abortion is not the way to go if you're against abortion on moral grounds. You should support things like paid maternity leave and um, con free contraception and nationwide sex education. doesn't matter. That's not really the issue. They just want to control women's bodies or pregnant people's bodies. It, it's, a game, it's, a game of, it's a game of power for them. Facts only matter as long as it services their ability to get into power. If any facts disagree with that, and they're going to ignore them completely. I, <laughs> the, um, uh, I, I read a really good quote recently. The Democrats do politics like they're playing chess. The Republicans do politics like they're fighting a war, which is really mm. because the, the Democrats are very much playing by the old playbook and operating under the assumptions that, oh, actually, Republicans are good people that we just have disagreements yep. with. No, 
they're not they're they that are same thing. horrible yep. they they they're basically a death cult at this point yeah the republicans uh, the, well the democrats like to think of it as oh you know in the long run everybody wants to do the right thing nobody wants to do bad things because we recognize that everybody's a human and and whatnot again appealing to the humanity of people who don't see us human and honestly the republicans don't give a shit about that the republicans see us as worthy of death and they see as shit gets worse and, and better for them, they, they don't really give a shit because it is a death cult that believes that the world needs to be pure by the time baby Jesus comes back with a beard. Like, please, fuck that silly nonsense. You know, you, I like to take my playbook out of the American fucking uh, statement on negotiating with terrorists. You don't negotiate with a Republican because they're essentially a domestic terrorist. Fuck them. Pro-life conservatives are obsessed with the fetus from conception to nine months. After that, they don't want to know about you. They don't want to hear from you. No, nothing. No neonatal care, no daycare, no Head Start, no school lunch, no food stamps, no welfare, no nothing. If you're pre-born, you're fine. If you're preschool, you're fucked. <laughs> Conservatives don't give a shit about you until you reach military age. <laughs> then they think you are just fine, just what they've been looking for. Conservatives want live babies so they can raise them to be dead soldiers. <laughs> pro-life, pro-life. These people aren't pro-life, they're killing doctors. What kind of pro-life is that? What, they'll do anything they can to save a fetus, but if it grows up to be a doctor, they just might have to kill it? <laughs> They're not pro-life. You know what they are? They're anti-woman. Simple as it gets. Anti-woman. They don't like them. They don't like women. They believe a woman's primary role is to function as a broodmare for the state. Pro-life. You don't see many of these white anti-abortion women volunteering to have any black fetuses transplanted into their uteruses, do you? No, you don't see them adopting a whole lot of crack babies, do you? No, that might be something Christ would do. All these solutions are simple. Fucking don't give the Republicans any quarter. It's a war. And if you fight it like you're playing chess, you're going to lose. Mm -hmm. because right now you're playing chess against a pigeon the pigeon doesn't care what fucking opening you do you're going to do an en passant the pigeon's going to knock the, the pieces over and shit on your board hey, we need to get up on stage and talk about how bummed we are and read a nice poem <laughs> I need to do slam that part. about how huh? what was that Savannah? Oh, I was just going to say that part that's exactly what they expect and then they'll be like oh yeah those are touching words but fuck your rights yeah exactly that's exactly how they're going to see it you're going to go up there you're going to make these poetic appeals to emotions and we all know that they don't give a shit they're gonna be like well we got what we wanted now we can push our agenda further right, right. and like that's i mean that's the point that's what we keep coming back to is that we've been doing this we've been having the pretty words and the the poems and the speeches and the paid you know um uh celebrities and yeah uh the celebrity spokespeople and it's nothing it's done nothing because we're right back to where we were how many years ago 1977 <laughs> except worse because yeah. now we should know better you but we, would but think our politicians don't they don't care you would think that we would know better you would think that as we've all been saying we're referencing history here when we're talking about the direction of where all of this is going and it's because it is very clearly repeating itself because we have a blueprint of how it happened the first time and look at us following the exact same footsteps and people want to act like that's some kind of extremist conversation and that we're the ones that are rooted out of reality if we think that's where it's headed but look at us now mm -hmm. just yesterday a huge portion of our rights were stripped away and I mean, we can sit here and we can hash out all of the logical reasons why that decision doesn't make sense. And I mean, I definitely, I felt led to do that at first to remind people of all of the reasons why this was harmful. And, you know, the longer I sat with it, the more that I realized that while all those things are true and while all those things are just as true as they were before this decision was made and most are public knowledge, it still doesn't matter. They don't care. 
Because at yep. the end of the day, this is all about control. And the best way to control a large populace is divide and conquer. And the more subsections you can divide us into and take away the rights of, oh, well, just this one group of people. And then we'll move on to just this one little group of people. Because, of course, if you attacked everybody at once and said everyone that breathes air has to pay 200% in taxes a year. Of course, the whole world would go up in flames. Of course, everybody would be angry and rioting in the streets because it affects everyone at once. So the logical way to gain control is to divide us all and seek to conquer. And by taking away the rights of anyone with a uterus, like it's amazing to me how few people realize what a large percentage of the population, even by that, is affected. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't care what the government says. I'm not giving birth. Like, like we said before, birth control exists, but it's not a hundred percent effective and should it fail. The individual should not be legally forced to give birth. Myself and many others like me have asked to have our baby making equipment removed and have been denied because of our age or our lack of procreation and our lack of mitigating health concerns that would deem such an invasive procedure medically necessary. We shouldn't be forced to give birth. Of course, abstinence exists, but are you really going to say that sex, sexless relations is the answer? If you don't want children, then you can't share that intimacy with your partner. And not all individuals with uteruses um, that are of childbearing age could carry a child to term without the risk of death, disability, injury, or paralysis. Those individuals should not be legally forced to give birth. Not every life that is born is born into the home of loving individuals who are mentally, emotionally, or financially capable of taking care of another human being. Ensuring birth does not ensure life. All you have to do is ask the underfunded and overworked CPS, Child Protective Services. I mean, I was doing some research the other day, and like according to the National Foster Youth Institute, more than 250,000 children are placed in a foster care system in the United States every year. What do they think is going to happen to that number now? And not to, you know, beat on an old drum here, but rape exists and it can happen to anyone. Um, looking back on some of the research of that, the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, which is the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization, as of 1998, an estimated 17.7 million American women were reported victims of rape and or sexual assault. 17.7 million people. On average, there are 463,634 reported victims aged 12 or older of rape and sexual assault each year in the United States. Ages 12 to 34 are the highest risk years of rape and sexual assault. Females 16 to 19 are four times more likely than the general population to be victims of rape, attempted rape, or sexual assault. 16 to 19 years old should not be forced to give birth. I support the right to choose. You can be anti-abortion. Don't have one. If it troubles you that much, you can pray it away like you try to do everything else. You can donate to child protective organizations. That's your right, but it is not your right to force all of the above individuals to procreate because of your personal beliefs. It doesn't make sense. They're not helping anyone. They're not saving lives. They're endangering them. First, they came for the communists, and I did not speak out, because I was not a communist. Then they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out, because I was not a socialist. Then they came for trade unionists, and I did not speak out, because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out, because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out for me. That's that privilege, is- and that's not a privilege that we can afford to fall back on or rely on or hide in because the world is burning around us. Mm-hmm. This is, I, I mean, I keep saying it because it's true, and there are no more powerful words to say other than to say this is a death sentence. This is a matter of life and death. And how it's- you respond in these moments shows exactly where your values are who you are, and how much you really care. 
I don't give a mm-hmm. shit about lip service anymore. I mean, I appreciate people jumping on social media and speaking out, but that is only the start. And if that's where you end, then you really don't care. That's right. That's right. Even during a podcast isn't enough anymore. We have to go out and we have to stand up and we have to risk our lives to defend those lives that are being taken now. I mean, that's the, when you, you know, you talk about privilege, it's like, you know, when you get into a position where you recognize what's going on in the world and you see what's happening, you, 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 when you know what's happening and you turn away, you're just as bad as them. That's just a choice. You can't, if you see the suffering and the, and the inhumanity and the oppression, you have to fight. And you you have you have to fight because because you can't not anymore. You just don't. You just can't. This is not this. If if this was a movie, this is the part of the story where where like we really have to evaluate where we're going to go from here and what as individuals we are going to do. Are we going to stand out and do something? Are we going to pretend that it, it that it's not that's going to that, that the government's going to fix it for us? I mean, we've come to a point now where not that it ever was, but it's more poignant now than ever that you can't simply just be, well, I'm not a racist. Um, well, I'm not a Nazi. Well, I'm not a Christian. That's not enough. You have to be anti-racist. You have to be anti-religion running this country. You have to be anti anything that violates human rights you can't just simply say oh well i'm not a part of that hate group so therefore i'm the good guy no you're either anti or you're with them by doing nothing because by being complacent you allow them to continue to operate these power structures i get um I just got a, a one of those other responses to when somebody, you know, you bring up Christianity is the root of evil here. And they say, no, Christianity is of compassion and of love. And, and nope, again, we can't even have those. That's not even, I think we're at a point now, Savannah, where it's war. It's war against the people that are oppressing us. And we didn't want to do this. We didn't want to have to fight. And I think that's what this mentality was. But I don't think that, I think, I think not fighting is privilege. I think I think choosing Correct. thinking that you can't participate or that you that you don't have to fight is privilege. You Correct. can't you, you're when your life is political and your your life's on the line. You've got to fight. And yeah, it's a different world now. As of yesterday, I really things really changed. Like I think I think if you really are aware, now you can see, you can see the evil. Like it's evil. What they're what's it's not even that it's 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 been seen for thousands of years in humanity these type of people they're oppressors they're controlling they they we've seen they're it before, using their we, god to justify murder yeah yeah they are <laughs> wonderful thank you again so much for having me and i uh, look forward to coming back on Yes, I can't wait to have you, Savannah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. I like um, I like Savannah. He's I do very, too. He's a very good speaker. Yeah, I totally forgot she was coming on the show today. I didn't want to let her know that. I totally forgot about it. But I almost went off and was like, I totally forgot you were here. And lined up perfectly.